Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, it's Katie Austin here still in Nashville. And I'm really excited because today I have Blanco Brown coming into studio and you may have heard him. You probably have because he has over 3.5 billion views on the Get Up Challenge. If you guys haven't heard it yet, Literally, if you're scrolling on TikTok two years ago, I know you've heard it. Gonna do the two-step and cab of a good sweetheart. I know you have freaking heard that song. So I am really excited to bring Blanco Brown into studio today because I feel like his story hasn't been told enough as it should be because he has been through a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of shit in his life. And he has such a positive outlook on how life should be really handled. It's all about what, how you react to situations, not what happens to you. And he is literally a living example of all of that. And so he's very known for the get up challenge, which, um, actually two years ago at the CMAs, I was really excited. I think I did the C- the get up challenge like seven times on TikTok and I posted it and I would like tag him and be like, what this? And he would like repost me. I'd get so excited. So I thought, finally saw him in person at the CMAs. I go up to him and I literally start doing so annoying. I start doing the dance go- and like I started singing it and everything. And I was like, it's so nice to meet you. Oh, I love the TikTok challenge. And he's probably like, gosh, dang it. I'm like so much more than this TikTok dance. So that's really why I wanted to bring him on the show today is to show you guys a totally different side of him. He really, really opens up as well. Um, and so I think you guys are going to be very surprised with like everything he's gone through and how he's really overcome it. Because I would say last year or a little over a year ago, he went through something again that really, really changed his life. And so I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. So let's bring in Blanco Brown. What's up, y'all? I'm here with Blanco Brown. First up, thank you so freaking much. I know CMA Day, you guys, today is the CMAs. And so I know you have so much going on, so hectic. You are literally in the middle of your tour as well with Nelly. But I just want to say, you just brought out spoons. I keep them on, man. Two metal <laughs> spoons, you guys. Two silver spoons. So tell me what you know, you're doing with these spoons. Uh, I clack them together. I've been playing since I was around five, six years old. And um. When I became of age, I went to an antique store and I bought these spoons from like eight, the 1800s. They sterling silver. No way. And I play them on stage all the time. Do you really? Yeah. Do you ever include them in your songs too? Yeah, nobody's more country. I played the spoons on uh, Funky Talk. The Get Up got it, some spoons in the background. Uh, yeah, I tuck them. I've never heard of spoons being an actual like instrument. I mean, I'm a little chubby. I like to eat twice. <laughs> 
That's gonna be hilarious. And you use your rings to make, you know, the noises of I'm I'm so nah, the spoons make the noise. The rings are just there. It's, it's my fingers. Do you think of new songs that way? Yeah, yeah. I'm always clanking and coming up with something. So you literally bring these two spoons everywhere with you? I literally always have them on me. They may be in my truck sometimes, in my car, but other than that, I'm gonna have them on my person. Oh my gosh! I feel like those are very special spoons. We should we shouldn't say that they're they're always on you. They are. They're <laughs> special. They, hey, they probably you know worthless to somebody else, but they mean the most to me. That's all that matters too. Yeah, yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter if like they actually hold no monetary value. It's like what holds yeah. special in your heart. Money. Speaking of though, you got some nice jewelry on right now. <laughs> no, you know I, I like to live on the love aspect of things and uh, be personable and purpose over everything. Yeah. Money, it comes, it goes. You work your whole life for money, and then you realize money ain't the all and be all. Right. I realized that after I was in my wreck, and I said, "Man, I'm sitting in this bad name. This money ain't gonna do nothing for me." <laughs> yeah. I just want to heal. Right, it doesn't actually provide real happiness. Yeah. So I want to actually go back to how you got started in the music industry and in country music specifically. Um, and I'd just love to talk about your story about getting into music. Well, I signed my first deal when I was uh, seven years old. Whoa, what? Your first like record label deal? My first record label Shut deal. Shut up. New Star Records. Um, me and my brothers, we signed a deal. Um, back in the day with a guy by the name of Anthony Richardson, which is like uh, family to us now. Uh, we toured from South Carolina back to Georgia to Augusta, all the little pockets. And um, we had the honor of doing shows with like Kilo Ali, who's huge in Bankhead, several shows with major people. It was a blessing. You know, go to school, come home, do a show. Crazy. And go back to school like nothing happened. Right. Yeah. Dang. Okay, so. I want to talk to you about also like your journey in music. And sometimes this happens to people. So I had this guy Spencer on actually yesterday on my show. And basically he's been, you know, working in the music industry forever, almost like you as well. And it's like all of a sudden then you have like one thing blow up, like the get up challenge and like, like TikTok. And all of a sudden everyone's like, oh my God, who is this person? Is it kind of weird to, you know, you've been working this industry your entire life. And then all of a sudden something hits and like you blow up overnight. It ain't weird. It's a journey. And you learn a lot along the way. And I was blessed to learn the business during the music. So I'm happy with my situation and I'm not stressed or trying to figure it out. I get to make music freely. I got the best label. I got the best management, um, Broken Bow, Black Box. And I got the best team. Yeah. So, I mean, when I, when I got into it and I uh, leaked, the get up video of me dancing in my mother's foyer. <laughs> um, I felt like it would take off. It was right before Memorial Day. And it did exactly that. I had a dream about it and I put it out. It took off so fast that we had to scramble and get the uh, song uploaded to DSPs oh because gosh. the record wasn't even all the way finished but the song was going viral with just the dance. People were taking my sound from the video and dancing over it. Do you still find it so crazy that like TikTok can blow up a song so much? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't just TikTok though. It was all the sites because I didn't load a TikTok. 
I didn't know nothing about TikTok like that. No way. My song was already over 10 million views on other sites. And um, then it blew up on this site, that site. The guys from TikTok, Ajani.Huff and his brother, um, they seen it on Facebook. And they took it back to TikTok. And that's when I found out about it. But it was already like going on yeah. like three other platforms. Yeah, I actually <laughs> I did the get up challenge. Um, does, it, does it annoy you, by the way, at all? Like uh, people are still doing it or do you kind of like, do you like it or do you do you not like the whole TikTok and, you know, the whole dance and how it's going, you know? I mean, we're still doing it. And honestly, really asking you a lot about it. That record made me. Um, so I never um, like feel a way about that record. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm more than just a get up, but essentially that's what people know me for. And just to be known for anything means the most to me. It doesn't matter. I love the attitude. Because I'm a real singer, and a lot of people ain't seeing me. Yeah. Yeah, these vocals. Honestly, yeah. though, I uh, I went up to you two years ago, like, or maybe a year and a half. I don't know. If, you definitely don't remember because you have so many fans. I remember. You remember? I just told Devin. No freaking way. At the I, Peppermint Club. At the Peppermint Club. I we, ran up to you and talk, I was like. We talked right by the stage at the front. Dude, you remember? I don't forget. I have fans that say, how did you remember that? Sometimes I can tell them what they had on. No freaking way. I'm dead for real. That's so crazy. Even like growing up and like meeting so many people, even like when if you were like 18 years old, you would remember someone. I remember everything. I go up to people that don't remember me. And I'd be like, we went to middle school and elementary together. And they'd be like, Man, what's your name? I'd be like, Benny. Cool. That's my government. And um, government. we start conversing. And then somehow, you know, we get into like what I got going on now. And I tell them, I go by Bronco Brown. And then they'd be like, oh my God, my kid loves that song. I didn't know I went to school with you. Oh my so god! I just don't forget people's faces. Okay, so how'd you come up with the name Blanco Brown? Well, they used to call me Benny Blanco from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it was a guy by the name of Benny Blanco from Carlitos Way. But he was Benny Blanco from the Bronx. He was a gangster that got away with some of everything. And a lot of people don't know my side, my other side of the world, but I was in the streets and, you know, in jail for fighting and everything. I used to love to fight. And, I, you know, protect my family and my brothers and you know what I'm saying? We yeah. just, just I, I read to throw hands at any second. <laughs> but and, I'm um, on your bad side. But I I never really got in trouble for like the major things. And I decided to change my life and my circumstances to positivity because I felt like if I stayed on the bad road, I was going down that road. Yeah. And I just know that if you change your energy, you could change all of your circumstances. So that's how I got the name Blanco, and they used to call me Blanco the Ear, and I dropped that, the ear. I was sitting at the table with Zach Katz and John Loba, and Zach and John was like, well, we just can't call you Blanco because they Google you. The color gonna come up, not you. Yeah. Ironically, if you Google Blanco, Blanco Brown is the first thing that comes up. Let's go! So that's a blessing in <laughs> yeah. itself. But I dedicated Brown, the last name, to my grandfather. Our original name is Brown, but he was adopted. So name is Benny Amy. 
So I had like two first names. Yeah. So yeah, I dedicated the brown to my grandfather. Ironically, it's white and brown. Yeah. And I stand for <laughs> unity. I love that. I didn't even think about that. I didn't really think about that. it for a long time. <laughs> You're like, wait, this actually kind of goes. Yep. So that's how I got Blanco Brown. And I would really love to know a little bit more about your transition from like streets, spending time, and then country music. I feel like, you know, you know, looking at it, like stigmas is like, okay, well, shoot, country music, you know, in, in, in the streets, sometimes I'm not saying this, but sometimes, you know, it's like, wow, those, you know, those two things. It's like, how did you really go into country music? And why'd you choose that genre? Is it like something that you've always loved? I mean, it chose me. I honestly loved country music forever. I grew up listening to it. I was spend my school years in Bankhead, um, the hood of all hoods. You know, <laughs> you heard T.I., Shorty Low, everybody talk about Bankhead. But I grew up in the horseshoe of it all. Uh, wow. Bankhead Courts, the projects that was most known right in the center of Bankhead Highway. And I, I would walk to school across the street after Blaylock. But in the summertime, I would go to Butler, Georgia. That's where my mother was originally from, Taylor County, Macon, Griffin, Butler, Georgia. And um, ironically, me and Jason Aldean had a conversation about it um, the other, like two days ago during the BBR uh, show. And he was talking about how he grew up in Macon and some of his family still there. So I was just like, this is crazy that all this ties back together. But yeah, I learned how to, you know, make my first bootleg go-kart there. <laughs> That's the first time I ever noodled. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I was a fearless kid. I would noodle now as an adult. I can't imagine something biting my arm. <laughs> no. So, I mean, yeah, we were crazy. I just put both of the worlds together. The trailer park, which is what I grew up in during the summers. Mm -hmm. And um, I went from sitting on propane tanks to being back in the hood during the school years, sitting on generators. <laughs> Wild. And that's trailer park meets trap music. I just breathe the gap. I call it trailer trap. I love it. Okay, so I was going to ask you that. That was like my next question. Can you explain what trailer trap is? I mean, you just did. But that name, I feel like is so iconic. Oh, thank trailer you. trap. Thank you guys, you much. iconic. <laughs> thank you much. I really, I played a lot on um, bringing positivity to a lot of things that people yeah. say. Because, you know, people say trailer trash. And I'm just like, ain't no such thing as a person being trash. So we're going to say trailer trap. I love it. We're going to just take all of the negativity and make it positive because nothing in this world works without both sides. Yeah. If you have too much positivity, you may, you're gonna be insane. Yeah. If you have too much negativity, you're gonna be insane. You gotta have balance and that's what life is about. Yeah, and I also feel like you have such an amazing attitude because someone can be like, okay, I grew up this way and kind of like almost pity themselves, but you really turned it around in such a positive spin and you go throughout it with such gratitude. Do you feel like, you can get to where you are and follow your dreams if you like just have a good attitude. That's all you gotta do. You gotta have a great attitude. Um, I could have dwelled on all the negative things. I lost my exactly. first friend when I was like five. Oh my gosh. He died right up the street. Oh Got hit by 18 wheeler. Then I lost my first girlfriend when I was seven. She fell out of a moving truck and died. Blanco, um, oh my gosh. And I saw my first death when I was around eight a guy decapitated from a car wreck. And then I done seen people get shot and died. And I done seen people get their ears shot off right in front of my window. I saw a man get struck by lightning um, and he lived. Um, shout out Rockhead from Bankhead. Yeah, I, I seen so much, but I didn't dwell on them. Right. And I remember seeing those things and being afraid as a kid. 
and bundling up, bundling up with my brothers. And we were sleeping out of one cover because we didn't want to feel like something could grab us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We just kind of, you know, it's a mental thing. Yeah. But got past that and didn't hold on to none of that. I held on to the things that meant the most. And in life, you know, if you, you, you give too much attention to the dark, you won't find the light. I totally, totally agree. What's it like going back home? Now, you know, you're a celebrity, big star. Well, you know what's so funny? Because I don't consider myself a celebrity. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Like, I talk to people. I still have my phone number that got leaked on Good Morning America. What? How did that happen? Uh, I did a call in. When they hung up, it showed my number. What? How's that legal? It, I mean, it happened. And I had like six, 7,000 phone calls and messages. I still have three plus thousand messages in my phone that I have. Why don't you change your number? <laughs> no, I, I I, mean, I got two phones, but we got 3,865 messages I just never got to. He's not lying. That, that is almost 4,000 text messages. And I, I got to okay. about 2,000 of them while I was sitting in that hospital bed. So people just like, they couldn't believe I was texting them and I was, you know, hadn't really talked back to the public yet. Wait, what, why were you in a hospital bed? Uh, I died in a motorcycle accident last year. Oh my gosh. Yep. Um, I got new arms, new legs, new pelvis. What? Um, I got hit head on. You really did? So it was like every day just like such a gift to you? I feel like that's... Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a part of the reason why I'm wearing these Crocs. I don't wear shoes for a long time still. My, yeah. I still have nerve damage. Um, they saved my foot though, so... Thank God wow. for that. But, okay, so you went through a motorcycle accident, and then you're on tour right now, too. Yep. God, that's all I can say. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So you're on tour with Nelly right now. Yep. And how has that been? First up, how did you get connected with going on tour with Nelly? Well, I've been knowing Nelly for a long time. I vocal produced him. Wow. Yeah. I was a vocal producer at first. I did Kane Brown first project. So cool. Yep. Um, I did, I mean, Fergie, Chris Brown, Bando Jones, um, some of everybody. I was already a Grammy-nominated producer, engineer, mixer. Childish Gambino uh, because of the internet. What? Yep. Before I even signed my deal, I already, you know, I was already in the industry. So you were and, first a producer before an artist, technically. Yep. I mean. Fergie, Myth, Money, and all that. I did the choirs, the vocal production, everything. I was a producer, songwriter, engineer, and mixer before. This is news to me. I feel like, why can't I, why didn't I fit, find that on the internet? Like, when I researched you, it's not very talked about. Yeah, it's a lot of my story that ain't narrated. We're trying to get it together. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, we're pulling together and narrating the story. And, um, you know, you just control what you want to be heard the most. And I guess the get up and my story of Parmalee, Just The Way, and all those records were... So in the forefront, everything just kind of stuck together like glue. It was, everything yeah. overlapped. So we didn't have time to really narrate the story. Right. But we're starting to break it down now. But yeah, that's how I got my, um, my start in doing everything. My homie Jasper Cameron, who's a songwriter and producer, amazing guy. He gave me, um, he let me borrow his laptop and his MIDI controller. I never gave it back. So I guess I'm still borrowing it. No, but it, it went it went bad because it got so old. You know what I'm saying? The computer, it was just. <laughs> so I updated. He was just like, go on and keep it. 
<laughs> and um, I started producing and writing. And I said, I don't want to have to depend on nobody to do nothing. So right. ironically, the Get Up is a 100% song. I wrote, produced, engineered, everything. I own 100% of my publishing. So I don't have wow. to share that with nobody. Wow. I have my own publishing company also. Oh my gosh. Okay. And if you guys don't know, this has like, what, over, uh, like at least over 100 million views we on TikTok one, alone. We have uh, 3.5 billion views. 3.5 billion views. Once again, 3.5 billion views. Is that, that number is just like so, so big. It's like hard to take in and you own all of it. Yeah. That's um, crazy. I just got rewarded the other day from my label. 1.5 billion streams worldwide. Uh, from Norway, go oh to Sweden, go Australia, uh, triple, a double, U.S. triple going on four times, and then five quadruple Australia, ten times worldwide. Damn! Well, cheers to that. Yeah, yeah. Water cheers, cheers here. Congratulations. I just take a little water. <laughs> What's your alcohol choice? I don't drink. You don't drink. I don't drink. I don't do nothing. I mean, I might sneak an edible in once in a while. <laughs> we do. Because, because of the nerve damage. Before right. then, it was nothing. And you know, I'm, I'm, you know, like Delta Eights and CBD and everything. I rock with my boy Gip Goody. He got some of the best CBD products and uh, topical treatments to rub on wow. my foot and my leg. I still had to treat it. It swells up. I got to wear compression socks. Oh my gosh. And you're doing all this while you are on tour, singing on stage, moving around. How has it been touring with Nelly? Amazing. That's my homie. Like one of the most gifted people I know. Uh, Nelly is really a singer. I don't know what y'all heard, but he rap, but he really a singer. <laughs> and he's a singer that knows how to rap. So we already could, we clicked as soon as we got together and started working back in 2012. Wow, that's a long time. Nelly is iconic. He definitely is. He is so iconic. And you also toured with Bryce Vine too? Yep. Nice. How how is working with him? Dope. Um, he was like, he's actually on the Parmalee uh remix with myself. And it's just amazing. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, so now we have the segment of Austin Afma Show. Um, where we do mood boosting mantra. And I feel like you go throughout your life, you know, dealing with whatever's happened to you very, very well. Do you have any mantras or quotes that you say to yourself that have kind of gotten you through everything, gotten you where you are today? Purpose over everything. When you find your purpose, you find your worth. And that could be monetary or spiritually. I found both. Wow. I really, really, really love that. And I really, really appreciate you coming on today. And where can everyone find you? At Blanco Brown, B-L-A-N-C-O-B-R-O-W-N. Yeah. Hell yeah. And you're still on tour. I'm still going. So come see him. My last show is here for this year, December the 5th at Bridgestone Arena with Nelly. Um, I have a new song out with Diane Warren, Never Gonna Tame You for a movie called The Mustangs. Me, uh, Willie Nelson, Bruce Springsteen, Emily Lou Harris on the soundtrack. Uh, we all got our own songs, but I have the only original song, which got just got nominated. Um, for um, one of the best songs on an independent film. Let's freaking go. That's big time. I'm blessed. Hell yeah. Hell and, yeah. And of course, you know, nobody's more countries out. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. All right, let's do a little outro with the spoons maybe too. Yeah. Yeah? I'm with it. You, you want them now? No, oh, not me. You. <laughs> oh, oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hit you with some.
at Blanco. Thank you so much. Thank I will you. see you guys next week. Bye, y'all.